Don't panic, this will not go pear-shaped. You're welcome. What was that? You're welcome. With Hillary Rushford. Say it again. You're welcome. In advance. Hello, beautiful. If you live in the United States, then happy Thanksgiving tomorrow. If you are listening live, wherever you are in the world, I am so thankful for your presence here every single week and for your reviews. I have not read one aloud in a while, and I realize, well, I am so grateful that we have over a thousand amazing reviews for this show. We have not had one in a whole month. Because when I don't mention here to pretty, pretty please leave a review, I totally understand that you just forget to do so. So I am so grateful for every one of you that has left a review. And I would be so grateful if you would take just a moment to give back for this free gift of the podcast over the last year and a half and add your voice to those today. I want to read just a couple. Miss Katie left one that said, simply the best, thoughtful, generous in spirit, encouraging, intentional, and just so darn fun. All qualities you'd want in a BFF, but can also find in this lovely podcast. I'm totally upset and obsessed and admittedly late to the party, but I just couldn't not leave a review for something that is truly the highlight of my day. That makes me so happy, Katie. You have no idea. She said, I share this with my girlfriends, my sisters, and pretty much anyone who will listen. I even came all the way over from Spotify where I listen to share a review in the hopes that it helps another lucky gal find this gem, which, Katie, thank you so much for mentioning that. It never even occurred to me that folks who live on, listen on other podcasts could be so thoughtful as to come over to iTunes and leave one here because this is far and away the largest podcast listener base globally and also where people are most likely to read reviews. She said, thank you, Hillary. I am so, so grateful for the way you've opened up your life and continue to spread joy and light to the people you encounter. You are simply the best, better than all the rest. I don't know that Katie sang that, but I'm just singing it. And then C. Frere said, I am old enough to be Hillary's mom. I'm relatively new to the podcast, but I am loving it. I love her energy and delivery style and the fact she is not afraid to show deep emotion, easy and hard. I have a 30-year-old daughter, and I'm encouraging her to listen to Thanks in the Here and Now. I love that so much that both of y'all said you are sharing it with your daughter, your sister, your friends, and having these conversations. To me, that is where the real power in anything that we're learning comes from, is when we share it with other people in our lives, and we then continue to have those conversations. We hold each other accountable. We keep exploring deeper. We don't just hear something one time and think, oh, that's great, and then forget about it and go on. I know how often I do that, but when my friends and I read the same book, when we're listening to the same podcast and we keep talking about it, those are the things I find that really make a difference in my life. And I am so grateful for those people in my life who joined me in that. So let us give thanks today for every sister, mother, friend, whomever it is in your life that uh, will have these conversations with you. We are so blessed to have each other. So with this holiday season and also just as we sort to near the end of this unprecedented how many times have we used that word, year of 2020, I've really been thinking, of course, about what I'm grateful for and what I've learned this year. And obviously, there are some things that I think have become amplified for those of us that have been blessed to have our health, to have our family be safe and healthy, to have a job, just so many basic things that we are all the more grateful for this year because we have seen so many people be hit so hard and go through such grief. But 
as the next layer of that, I realized that it is the things that would not traditionally go on the checklist that are really on my heart as of late. And that for me are really things like being kinder to myself in my thoughts and lowering my expectations for myself. And so often, lowering our expectations normally is a bad thing. When we think about falling in love, for example, we would we might say, you know, you, you, we don't want to settle. We don't want to lower our expectations. We want to keep that grand vision that we want for our lives. But I find that oftentimes, actually, we have such high expectations. That might be the perfect person that we're looking to marry who has all 101 things or the many layers of what we want out of a friendship and therefore, we have such high expectations that we're constantly disappointed and specifically of ourselves, most of all, really having these visions that we are going to so perfectly do things. We're going to so deeply change. We are radically going to revolutionize who we are. And I've been getting so many messages from people that really come down to the heart of trying to do things more perfectly? Or how can I be okay with the fact that I am not going to do them perfectly? Whether that is uh, filling out the Elegant Excellence Goals Journal or any tool that you've used in the past for planning and goal setting and being so disappointed that we say all these things that we're going to do on January 1, all these things for the year, and we never live up to them. How do we deal with having you know failed, quote unquote, at past systems, at past goals, all the pressure that we put on ourselves to start a business and wanting to do it perfectly and having these big dreams of how much money we're going to make this year and how quickly we're going to grow our audience and what happens more wildly off pace pace for that or balancing motherhood and business. You know, why is it so hard to do both of these things, which of course it's hard to do both of these things, but for whatever reason we got it into our head that we should be able to do two full-time jobs at once. And I really think the genuine start to that that I want to hold for all of us heading into 2021 is to lower our expectations for ourselves, which really comes down to being less hard on ourselves, being less harsh with ourselves, being less unrealistic about how much we truly can change, how much we can do, how perfect we are going to become in some area. And this is advice I have shared since Literally, I think it's episode one of the podcast where I talk about anxiety, and I shared in that teaching that it's this concept of small change, and that when I came to approaching healing my anxiety or looking back on how I healed it and wanting to teach on it, I know how desperately we want it to be a few key things that if we can just do those, it's like we will flip a switch and we will no longer be someone who is anxious and we will never again be someone who deals with deep anxiety. And yet I really believe that the reality is we should be asking ourselves, am I getting 10% better? And sometimes it's going to be 50%. Sometimes it's going to be 1%. There have been times when I have made a massive leap in how much my anxiety was healed in a year or really achieving breakthrough in my business. If you are a fellow entrepreneur, 
please, I want you to apply to join the Elegant Excellence Mastermind when the doors open at the beginning of December so that I can share all of the things that absolutely made that massive difference for me. There have for sure been times in my business where I grew in leaps and bounds and it just blew me away. It blew the people around me in my life away. How was I able to grow and change so much just six months after six months? Those kinds of things for entrepreneurs are what I teach, what we cover, what we share inside the mastermind. But there's other times when it's a 1% change in our peace or confidence or anxiety. It's just a tiny little bit difference because like when we think about losing weight, I think that's always a good example that we know there are times when if someone has a lot of weight to lose, they can really end up losing something really substantial. But then you get to a point where it can just feel like you plateau so much and just one pound can feel like it is hard to shed because you don't have as much weight to shed. And I think as we get down further into certain areas of our lives and we get into more complexity, what does it really mean to be a little more peaceful, a little more confident? If we're already, like the more healthy we are in an area, the tinier the change When I was miserable, desperate, and exhausted in my business, I could go a 50% change and just make it so much better. But when I'm already doing pretty well in my inner peace in myself, it maybe becomes more like 10%. And I would hope that there becomes a time in my life when it's more like 1% because I really am so anchored in that reality. So sometimes it starts bigger and then it gets smaller. When I started working with a functional medicine doctor a few years ago, I healed my adrenal fatigue. And that really made a huge difference. I ate, started eating like 80% gluten-free, dairy-free. I started getting on supplements and getting my my blood work done. And I healed my adrenal fatigue and and some like gut issues that I was having. So I made a big change. Then this year I started exercising. That was another definite, like I'm making myself 10% healthier in 2020 that I just started exercising more or less consistently for the first time in about 10 years. But there are other times when my wellness and health is 1% better. It can simply be day by day. Did I put my phone down last night and not stay up an hour, an extra hour later? Because that is part of what's tied into my adrenal fatigue from back in the day when I was just so burnt out. You tend to crash at night and then you get a second wind and then you can't fall asleep. And then I would just wake up so sluggish in the morning. So just the healthy bedtime practice of what time I get to bed that can be the 1% difference that day. Um, you know, did I work out once this week? Sometimes when it's a busy week or when I'm traveling, that can be the, the 1% difference or not beating myself up for not working out. Sometimes that's the 1% growth that in the past, would I have beat myself up for something? And do I now have a healthy enough relationship that I don't expect myself to nail it five days a week? 52 weeks a year. I remember when I was trying to lower my sugar intake after working, starting to work with my functional medicine doctor. And when I, I love iced almond milk lattes and I always used to add uh, sugar to them. And as I just started lowering that to less and less sugar and getting to the point where now it doesn't even occur to me to put sugar in them, that's a 1% 
change in my wellness. That's one tiny little thing. Now, that's not going to revolutionize my life. It might sound silly, but those are the tiny little morsels that add up towards having a healthier, happier path in life. You know, sometimes I think because we focus on being 100% better and actually we get 10% better, then visually it looks like we 90% failed when in reality that was just completely unrealistic that we were going to become that perfect this year. So if we can instead go in focusing on I'm going to grow 10% and celebrate every one of those tiny little 1% things. It's not about taking a 100 things we're going to do perfect at 1%. It's saying when I'm trying to grow 10%, 1% at a time actually makes a difference and I want to celebrate that. So as I've been reflecting this year, I feel like in 2020, some of my personal wins and growth have come from the pandemic and some have come from my self-work. And I think we can all relate that we have grown from all the conversations we've been having. I feel like we all feel like we have grown from the pandemic. Now, that is not to say that there has not been incredible you know, death and devastation and loss and that people in this community have gone through that, but that in the midst of that, we also acknowledge there is always beauty amidst ashes, and there are still blessings that have come from this very difficult time globally. So for me, with the pandemic, some of the ways that I've seen that 10% growth include having more peace in my friendships. I've shared that, that I've realized, actually, I'm fine with the level of friendship that I have by and large. Most of my disappointment, maybe, most of my yearning of I want I want something more was actually coming at fear of missing out. It was actually coming out of an idea of does everyone else have more social plans? Is everyone else spending more time with other people? In comparing myself to others, do I not feel that I have as much you know, friend connection, social interaction as I want. But once it felt like no one was having that, I realized when I'm not comparing myself to anyone else, I'm actually totally at peace. And therefore, this is silly that this is purely coming from fear and the idea, uh, the hypothesis of what's happening with other people as opposed to actually acknowledging what does joy look like in this area for me. That was definitely 10% growth. I've been so much more calm in my travel, which I've also shared, that because we've had little to do in the places that we are going to, it has really lowered our expectations. We went to Connecticut and Rhode Island for a little New York road trip in August. And then we were out in Joshua Tree uh, quarantining to create two weeks buffer between taking a plane flight and seeing my family. And in both of those instances, we went into the trip not really expecting to go do a lot because it was the pandemic. We were just going to a beautiful place with a fresh view and we were just kind of going to hang out and chill. And therefore, I realized how different it feels than my normal trips where, you know, when you're in Paris and it's not a pandemic, there is a list a mile long of things you could, would, should be doing that you're trying to decide between. And so I realized that actually I normally put so much expectation on my travel that it leads to stress. And now that I have this muscle memory, I'm curious to see how much will this carry over to to stay the same even when I get into positions where I do have more option and opportunity to go do things? Will I have enough muscle memory of 
this is how peaceful it feels to travel when my expectations are lowered. So how can I choose to do that even when the pandemic isn't putting that upon me? And then a lot of my growth really has been through my own self-work. I just had a major aha in the last uh, few weeks. And then just again this last week, I was prepping for the uh, first workshop that I'm teaching in early December for the new Elegant Excellence Goals Journal owners and uh, through my own insights and then prepping to teach those insights to them, I went even deeper and I just had a major aha in the mistake I keep making in overscheduling myself. And that is such an ongoing thing for me. Um, you know, I share about it all the time that I just think we have so many options and opportunities these days that we try to say yes to way too much. And so many of us are so exhausted. We're so overly full. We beat ourselves up for not being productive enough when actually we are accomplishing plenty. We are just, again, unrealistic in our expectations. So I am feeling incredibly hopeful going into the new year because of this new insight I've had, even though it meant right now I didn't do quarter four well. I was overcommitted in quarter four because I made some mistakes, but I'm getting 10% better in it, and that is making me hopeful as I head into quarter one. I realized that I so daydreamed about what my life would be like if I had more space. When I have more time, when I am slower, when I am more spacious, then I will become someone who meditates and who does yoga and who reads more nonfiction books and all of these things. And then more space came with the pandemic, and I realized I still wasn't doing those things. And that helped me to see, not just because of the pandemic, but because I've grown in my self-awareness, because I do so much journaling through the Elegant Excellence Goals Journal about these specific things, that I realized I've been idealizing more time. And now that I am owning the time that I have... I'm realizing I have made this idol out of the kind of person that I want to be instead of honoring. If that's the kind of person I want to be, then I would choose right now to be that kind of person. There isn't anything that I'm waiting for in my life to give me permission. And I kind of had to see the universe go, hey, girl, you got all the all the space in the world. Still want to do those things? And I'm like, well, I mean, I say I want to do them, but I'm not doing them. And you're like, okay, so maybe it's you and not the space. Maybe you don't want them enough. Maybe you just have the idea that this is going to make your life better, but it it ultimately isn't that compelling to you. So maybe let yourself go and stop blaming time and daydreaming about how much better your life would be and just be like, you know what? Maybe I'm just not cut out for X, Y, Z, or maybe my life is okay without those things because there's so many good things and I just can't say yes to all of them. So my hope for you, for both of us, is that going into this new year, as you use your Elegant Excellence Goals Journal, if you're an entrepreneur, as you join the Elegant Excellence Mastermind and we work on making your business plans and goals and your revenue projections, your personal visions for the year, whatever your work or family situation is, that whatever your goals are, instead of one number saying to yourself, I will do this every day, I will always, I will never, you know, I will never argue with my spouse. I will always have patience with my kids. Uh, A specific number, like I will lose 20 pounds. I will make $50,000 from my business. I will hit 10,000 followers or listens or downloads or buyers. That instead of a specific number, we focus most on whether we failed or succeeded 
on whether we made it 10% better or whatever percentage feels right to you in that area. It might be 50%. It might be 1%. But if we can focus on the fact that we made it better rather than we achieved one specific checkbox of a goal that was pass and fail, I think that makes our energy towards ourselves so much different. So different. Will you be better, closer, have grown and evolved this time next year? That, for me, is how we become more proud of who we are, less hard on ourselves, but also still really holding that vision for growth. Because lowering our our expectations doesn't mean that we shrug and say, whatevs, I mean, I was never really going to be that healthy. I don't know. My marriage has never been great. This is just kind of the way it is. I mean, I just don't really think I'm cut out for motherhood. I probably just don't have what it takes to be an entrepreneur. It in no way means that we are just shrugging and giving up. It's that we're holding that vision for growth. We're just doing it in a really elegant way. We're taking the pressure off of any one year, one goal, or one area. And I think for so many of us, that was what was the challenge in 2020, is we put extra pressure on this magical round number of 2020. And then we all got our derrieres kicked by the year And so many people therefore struggled. And I'm I'm getting these messages at the end of the year from, from journal owners, from entrepreneurs of like, but I didn't do it this year. I said that I was gonna do it. I didn't do it. I'm like, yeah, girl, because you had an expectation that it was gonna be a hundred and that was unrealistic to begin with. And then the pandemic came came in and and you know, kicked kicked you in the tush. And that had nothing to do with the fact that you weren't enough, that you don't have the possibility and the potential and the dream. It's that this was not the one year that was make or break it. So next year, what is 10% better look like of the exact same life vision that you had on January 1, 2020, so that we can simply be people who grow a little better every year in the areas that will bring us the most peace and joy in that present season? Oh, wait. One more thing. Don't miss this. Before you go, love. P.S. Something I'm loving lately is snuggling my new six-week-old little baby niece. I gotta say, she is cuter than in the photos and the videos that I had seen. You know, she just is even more adorable in person. She is so teeny tiny. I was afraid because I had to wait six weeks to meet her. She was already gonna feel so big, but no. She feels little itty bitty and tiny. It is so fun to have a baby around in the family. And on Sunday, the first day that we were really all together, towards the end of the day, I whispered to Jeremy, you know, I realize how often when we have time off, you and I are actually still working. We're on our phones, we're editing photos and videos, and we're writing captions and all these kinds of things. And that With having a brand new baby who just laid on my chest for hours and Jeremy and I just cooed with her and having kids running around and my my family and my sister. And I just realized we've done nothing but just chill for hours. And we sometimes would do that if we were out for the day. Like you saw us go up to um, Idlewild and up into the mountains in California and we saw snow and we saw a lake. That makes sense. We're in the car he's driving. I get carsick being on my phone. So we're just listening to jazz and driving around beautiful sites. That makes sense that we took a full day off. And of course, now and then we're going to take some some photo and video content for Instagram. But for us to just sit on a couch 
and actually not work, I realize we're almost always multitasking on our devices. And that is the blessing of being around my family that is a limited time and little kids that you really want to be present with and a little baby that just totally captivates you. While it's the very beginning of our trip and we have a couple more weeks here, I'm really grateful for this forced blessing of rest. And I also realize how many are not with loved ones this holiday season, and I am absolutely thinking of you, and I hope that it makes all of us be extra grateful wherever we are this year for what we've had in the past and what we have in the future, what we have in the present. And finally, I would be so grateful if you would leave a review here for the podcast. You can swipe up. You can tap five stars. You can write something. If you don't have time to write something now, you can always come back and do it later. I also am so grateful when you share the podcast with your friends and family, whether that's on social, whether that's a text message or a conversation. And can I also ask you one more favor in uh, in, in gratitude here, in pre-gratitude? Instagram has been wild. For the last couple of weeks here, slash the last few months, slash the last few years, you know, it always ebbs and flows, but it is so discouraging sometimes as a content creator. And I see my my colleagues and friends share about this, whether they share about it on social or they text me about it. I'm not alone. It simply is the reality of being a content creator that it is so frustrating often when you put so much heart and energy into content that you put out. And because of the way an algorithm works on an app, it just feels like no one sees it. And it's so discouraging and disheartening for how much you know love and energy you're putting into it. So when you hear this, it would mean so much to me if you would go over to my profile and go back through the last five or 10 photos and just like and comment on all of them. It can be a quick word. It can be a quick emoji. And another big real key that Instagram allegedly is always promoting is whether you save and share. So for the accounts of people that I really want to support the work that they're doing in the world, just the same way that when I used to go to a friend's show who was an actor back in the day, you know, you'd put money in the tip jar or sorry, a musician and they do a local show, my singer-songwriter friends, you put money in the tip jar, you applaud after every song. That is what it is to save and share uh, any post that you see from a content creator. And sometimes I will just go through and see a friend, and I'm like, you know, I don't know if I've seen their posts lately. I'll click over to their profile. I'll go through the last five or 10 photos. I'll realize a ton that I didn't see, or even if I saw them, and I've liked and commented, I will just tap that little save banner and just save them to a random miscellaneous folder. And then I will mail them just to my other account or, um, you know, send them over to Jeremy or just something like that. So that you, when you send them via DM, those two things say to Instagram, people really liked this post. They saved it for later. They shared it with a friend. That's like 10 times the value of liking and commenting. And I just really want to encourage you in this holiday season. That is the number one way, aside from being a customer and giving of your money and financial support to a small business, to leave a podcast review, to save and share, like, and comment on social media. Every time you do that, you're truly blessing small businesses who are, uh, you know, have been hard hit during the pandemic and who are all, you know, putting out love and positivity into the world and working to support their families and working to make a difference in the world. So thank you so much at all times, but specifically at this holiday season, it is such an easy way for you to give love. It would mean so much to me if you would come over to my profile and do that and then pay it forward and do that for any of the content creators that you truly love and support. I am so grateful that you are here and I will see you over on Instagram very soon with grace and gumption. 
Until next Wednesday. 